this is Weston with 30 Day Trial. I'm here just solo today for week number three of cooking. Clark couldn't make it, but we will be joining him, I believe, and his mom for next week's episode. I know that sounds kind of funny, but I believe I edited out of the last two episodes. Um, Clark's mom cooked for uh, Clark and his siblings, and they were kind of on a budget when Clark was growing up, and he had a lot of siblings. And I'm just really interested now that I'm an adult because I was also a, a friend that ate at their table when I was young, and his mom cooked good food, and it seemed like a lot of it, and like I said, on a budget. So we are going to interview her for our cooking expert because I am personally more interested in that type of real world cooking versus um, getting a Michelin five-star chef on. And it probably would be a little bit harder to get a uh, world famous chef on our podcast uh, as this is only our seventh, sixth episode. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to do it. And for our, f this episode for week number three, I wanted to go quickly over just a few of the cooking myths and things that I've run into in my learning about cooking this month and some of the things actually that I believed or didn't believe were true or false, however you want to look at that uh, before doing some more reading and just some things that I was wrong about while cooking in uh, different foods in the kitchen and probably a lot of things that people have been told that are either incorrect or not tight, quite true. So one of the big ones is using the microwave. A lot of people don't like to use a microwave because they think that whatever, it's going to give you cancer. I think a, a, lot, a lot of the research has shown that that's obviously not true. Um, but I know that I didn't use a microwave very often for my cooking. I still think that it kind of changes the texture of any type of meat that you are rewarming up. I would never cook meat in the microwave from raw to cooked, but for leftovers or something, uh, I wouldn't use it. And I still probably wouldn't with anything with meat. But one of the things I came across was apparently a lot of people believed that cooking in microwaves would zap or nuke, and I'm throwing up air quotations there, nutrients out of their food. And that's actually just not true. The way a microwave works is heating up water inside of the food and essentially steams the food inside to out. And you can actually heat up and cook the food or the leftovers quicker than you might be able to on a stove at lower heat. And the heat or long exposure to heat and high temperatures is actually one of the things that denatures protein, kind of destroys the molecule, and then it's not able for absorption in our body and use and the health benefits that we have through our digestion. So microwaves not only do not destroy nutrients, they actually in some cases are better than cooking on a stove or in an oven or something because they cook faster and at a lower temperature. So that's myth number one. Myth number two, talking about adding alcohol to different dishes, whether it's baked goods or puddings or pasta sauces. And the idea that if you add the alcohol for the flavor, but you cook it, the alcohol boils off or cooks off, whatever it is. So then it's, you know, fine to serve to children or you can eat a whole bunch of it and then legally drive because all the alcohol is burned off, right? But actually, 
it takes about three hours to fully erase all traces of alcohol when you're cooking or baking a meal. Um, and then something that's only baked or simmered for about 15 minutes. So most things, right? You're not cooking most things for three hours. You're probably heating up some type of sauce or marinating some meat or something, cooking some meat. But 15-ish minutes, there's still about 40% of the alcohol that you poured in or put into the ingredients. And in some cases, that can be quite a lot. So that's just something that I thought most people should know if you're cooking with alcohol, serving children or um, serving people then that are getting behind the wheel it's probably not as alcohol-free as you might think. Myth number three, and I am definitely guilty of this, I love cooking in cast iron skillets or cast iron pans. And I've told more than one or two people that you should season your cast iron skillets and then not wash them in hot soapy water because it removes the seasoning. I did quite a lot of reading on this in the last week. And essentially, if you have a well-seasoned cast iron skillet, a quick rinse in hot water and soapy water or, and soap, scrub everything down um, and dry it off is not going to hurt your seasoning. And it has to do with the chemistry of how the oil has been baked onto the cast iron. If you think about a lot of the soaps that we use, they are made to break down oil. So I think this is where the myth comes from is that the soap is going to break down the oil that you've baked on and used to create a seasoned um, layer on your cast iron skillet. But because it's been baked on so many times, it actually uh, polymerizes and it becomes chemically different than the oil that we might use to wash off of our hands or something from an oily dish like butter or olive oil. That, that dish soap is very good at breaking down. So go ahead, wash your cast iron skillets quickly, but the key is don't let them soak. So don't fill up the sink with hot soapy water, put it in and then come back the next day and clean it off. That can rust and ruin your pans. Just a quick rinse and then get it dry. Number four. <laughs> uh, have you ever cooked for me red meat, steak, beef? Um, after you pull it off the barbecue or however you're cooking it and let it sit for a little bit and then you go to cut into it and your cutting board or or plate whatever you're cutting on looks like the bottom of it fills up with blood and a lot of people don't like that or they think that means that it's not cooked through all enough or that it's unsafe to eat because there's still blood running out of the meat so how could it be cooked that's actually not blood it's myoglobin and I won't go into too many of the, the physiological aspects of meat and muscle and myoglobin and blood, but essentially muscle is about 70% water. So when you cook it, a lot of that water is forced out and it takes some of the color with the myoglobin out. It's red. It's not blood. So it's red myoglobin on uh, your cutting board has nothing to do with whether it's cooked enough. Um, or if it's safe to eat, that has to do with temperature of the internal meat. And depending upon what meat you're cooking and how you like the taste, variety there. Um, but I still like to use my potatoes to soak up that myoglobin on my plate. And I think it tastes good on potatoes. <laughs> Myth number five. Wood cutting boards hold more bacteria than plastic cutting boards or they're 
not as safe or they're not as easy to clean or however this myth is told basically that you should be using plastic cutting boards because they're easier to clean or they're more sanitary than wood cutting boards. And that's actually not true. Um, they're at least even or possibly wood cutting boards that are well taken care of and cleaned are just as safe, if not safer than plastic cutting boards. Um, I say if they're well taken care of and washed, because obviously a wood cutting board or a plastic cutting board, if you never wash it ever, it's going to be filthy no matter what. But a well cleaned, well taken care of kitchen. I prefer wood cutting boards. Uh, I just like how using a sharp knife on a wood cutting board feels more than a plastic one. And now I'm glad to know that there aren't any health risks with my choice of using wood over plastic. I know that a lot of people think that there were and there aren't. Switching back over to some food over here. So we are on myth number six. And this is going to be a quick episode if you can't tell. I think we only have three more after this. I like to cook with a lot of spice and peppers. And a lot of people think that if you cut open the peppers and take all the seeds out, that the pepper won't be as hot as leaving the seeds in. And that's not true. Um, The heat from food comes from a molecule called capsaicin. And it's actually not in the seeds. It's in the pith and the ribs of the pepper. So it's close to the seeds. And that's why if you cut the seeds out and you're a little uh, generous or aggressive with your knife, you might end up cutting the pith and the ribs out of a pepper as well. So then it is going to be less hot, but it has nothing to do with the seeds. Um, That capsaicin is kept in that tissue that holds the seeds as well. Uh, Just another myth that I thought was interesting, and I think I knew this one before reading, but I'd come across it a few times while looking at some different dishes with some extra heat in them. Another myth that I am guilty of, I, before this week, used to think that you should only turn your steaks once. Um, Hopefully, you could do it on the barbecue without burning your Uh, steak or red meat that by flipping it multiple times it was going to make the meat dry out because you're cooking each side or getting it too hot on each side and it looks like the key is actually to make sure that your meat is nice and dry so if you're using a dry rub marinade or if it's come out of the refrigerator or something it's in packaging with a little bit of moisture or water get that nice and dried off and then using a cast iron skillet get the heat nice and high and you can actually flip it multiple times and sometimes it can even make the meat cook better because it will more evenly cook into the center as opposed to you just flipping it over one time and then the top being uh, cold and getting cold as the other side is cooking. So multiple flips, thumbs up. And then one of the big ones for me in Southern California, avocados and cutting into an avocado and if you don't use it right away basically they start to get brown and look kind of gross and not very appetizing it is a very common myth around here that people say if you keep the pit which is the giant avocado seed in the half of the avocado that you didn't use that that will keep it from oxidizing and turn brown that's completely false with the slight asterisks of that the pit is going to stop the oxygen from reaching the tissue of the avocado that's behind the pit, but the exposed surface of the avocado, that half will still oxidize. Um, And I try to find any type of proven method to 
prevent those avocados from um, browning and kind of looking gross and nothing had very promising results. So your best bet is to eat your whole avocado when you slice it open and hopefully you have another one for tomorrow or the next time you need it because keeping them around for multiple days is not ideal. Uh, one day, maybe in the fridge, won't be too bad, but after the 24 hours, starting to look a little unappetizing. Last myth, washing your chicken in the sink before cooking will not help get rid of any bacteria. Actually, it's just going to make your sink really unsanitary by spreading all of the bacteria that's on that raw chicken all around. So you should not do that. Um, you do not need to wash your raw chicken before cooking. Whatever temperature you're getting it up to in the oven or on the pan is going to kill the bacteria to get it to a safe point to eat anyway so that that chicken is done. And that is all the myths that I wrote down. Hopefully you learned something. We actually have a official Instagram for 30-day trial, and it is 30.day.trial. So if you want to go follow us over there, we just started it, only has one or two posts, only a few followers, but I would really enjoy it if you would follow us over there, and we will do some updates in between episodes, things we're learning, little thoughts about what we're learning over there. So if you want to get even more updates on what Clark and I are doing, that would be the place to find us. I think I'll also set up a Twitter in the next couple of days. I've never set a Twitter up before or had one. So bear with me and Clark on getting that set up and everything linked together. And if you're following us on both, hopefully it won't cross post too many things. So you get sick of seeing them in both places. I think that's it for this episode. And I believe we've picked chess for next month. So we've switching back into something that we can't eat. Uh, I'm excited for chess, but cooking has been a lot of fun. And I hope you stick with us for our fourth episode where we have a guest to talk about homestyle family cooking. So until then, this is Weston with 30 Day Trial. Thanks for listening.